Hello and welcome to Loosely Based, the podcast where we investigate based on a true story movies in a roundabout way. I'm Ben Castleman. I'm Dana Cooperberg. <laughs> and I'm Corey Borgman. <laughs> I think that's good and we keep it in. Okay. There's a moment in every true story you hear, whether it be a story from a friend or a documentary or pretty much anything you hear on the news these days, where something so crazy happens that it almost alters your reality and suddenly you feel the need to look to someone just to make sure they're living in the same new reality with you. Well, when it comes to movies based on true stories, we want to be that someone We want to be able to tell you, no, you're not crazy. That really did happen. Or actually, that didn't happen. The director put that in the movie, and here's why. But before we get to that, in order to become better acquainted, everyone introduce yourselves as if you were in a biopic, who would be playing you, and who would be playing your love interest. Mm. So I I played this game before, but like I played it at a very like a really different time in my life. So when I I I feel pretty confident about me being played by Judd Apatow's wife. Oh yeah, that's good. Leslie Mann. Yeah. I think that that it would like also probably be a Judd Apatow movie. So when <laughs> I used to play it this because I played this like. With my siblings at some point, and we. Oh, had so this you're you're dating some slime ball. Yes, yes. I <laughs> when I originally did this, I was like, I am played by Judd Apatow's wife, and my Leslie love Man, she does have a name is Seth Rogen, and then it turns out that was like when I had been single for my entire life. I think maybe it could be like literally Brad Pitt. Who knows? You know. <laughs> okay, Corey. Uh, for my biopic, so I've been told by multiple strangers and i don't see it but people have told me that my doppel celebrity doppelganger is channing tatum i swear multiple people have come <laughs> up to me every and then every time when i tell my family they're like no but then my brother did say that someone has once told him that too so maybe nick robinson probably looks more like me in time he's the kid from love simon and then love interest would be Timmy T. Chalamet, who would also who I would also be very fine with if he played me, but like we I don't. That's too kind. Um, I would want I would want to be played by Bill Hader. Excellent that's, call. That's your energy. That's, I, you have to remember that it's not just about your looks. Like it's you two so played this game better than me. I, I had a while to think. I was thinking just because I have a big crush on her, Aubrey Plaza, but that would never be what my wife is like. Why uh, not? I. <laughs> With the people that she plays. I'm just not... I understand. I know know me. That's not what they're going to be like. We just met, so I actually... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader have really good chemistry, I think. That's a good one. I'd see that movie. I have seen that movie, but they played siblings (laughs) in it. So for this episode, we're doing Catch Me If You Can. Welcome to Miami Mutual Bank. How may I help you? I'd like to cash this check here and then 
and I'd like to take you out for a steak dinner. <laughs> Are you a realized pilot? I sure am, little lady. The jump seat is open. It's been a while since I've done this. Which one's the jump seat again? This is irrefutable evidence that the defendant is lying. I will be your historian slash truth consultant. I'm your Hollywood liaison. And I am the big dummy. I only watched the movie and I didn't do any research. Speaking of which, can we go into everyone's relationship with the movie? Yeah. I had never seen the movie before. I, until I downloaded it from iTunes, thought that it was Tom Cruise and I thought it was a bad movie. Do you think it was Mission Impossible? I think maybe. I thought it was Mission Impossible. I don't know what movie I thought it was, but I thought it was Tom Cruise on an airplane. So I was really not excited to watch it. And then I downloaded it and I saw it had like 97% of Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, yes, bitch. And that was the whole thing. Uh, Catch Me If You Can was the first adult movie I saw in theaters as a kid. Like PG-13, like girl. I just remember like my parents were like, okay, as a family, we're going to see Catch Me If You Can. And I was like, fuck this like i want to see the zebra movie um like the horse race zebra one um but we took cash if we can and i remember like not liking it we bought a zoo (laughs) what is the horse race zebra Um, movie i don't remember what it was called no it doesn't matter anyways catching can was the first adult movie didn't really like it at first because i was young now i really appreciate it Mm. Um, I feel like I saw it with my family to like prepare for Oscar season at mm. first, but Catch Me If You Can is definitely the movie, the like number one movie that I have seen over the years and just got hooked onto and on TV. Like, oh, that's fabulous um, for this. So how many times is that? What was this? How many times have you seen this movie? I, I have no idea, but literally like every time it was on TV and I saw it, I got like hooked onto it. But this time, I think, like, the the good parts are still super good, but it has, like, a lot of kind of valleys. Oh, we'll find out about those, won't we? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to lie to you anymore, all right? I'm not a doctor. I never went to medical school. I'm not a lawyer or a Harvard graduate or a Lutheran. I ran away from home a year and a half ago when I was 16. Anything in particular you guys were like, there's no way that this is true or you like really want it fact-checked? I mean, to be honest, knowing nothing going into the movie, I like five minutes in was like, this is a movie that can't be true. I was confused. I thought I was watching the wrong movie for moments because it seemed so I mean, he was a doctor, lawyer, and pilot by the age of 19. Yeah, that first five seconds, you're like... What? No. Oh, yeah. And that... um. That show, yeah, to tell the truth. To, right. I will also that, say that I needed more to tell the truth. We needed to. Uh, I took a writing class recently, and they tell you to end cap things. You know, you don't you don't want to just bring something up at the beginning and never bring it back. They never brought it back. Oh, true. Um, <laughs> I didn't need more of that, but <laughs> they they did. Uh, that actually happened, and they weren't all wearing pilot suits. One was a doctor, and one was one a was a doctor. Lawyer. One was a pilot. And one was in a like jailbird outfit, like a ridiculous uh, jailbird outfit. And a then at the costume. end, at the end, the celebrities all like try to guess which is the real Frank Abagnale, mm. and no one guessed the right. real one. Will the real Frank William Abagnale please stand up? 
Okay, so speaking of how, like, this being, like, crazy that it's true. The movie at the beginning only says, what, like, inspired by true events, I think? Yeah. That's not a hard claim to fill. But it was a book first, right? It went book, yes. then movie. Okay. Well, it was so, true life, then book, then movie. Yes, obviously <laughs> life comes first. <laughs> so Wasn't like book, then life. <laughs> Forrest Gump is book, then life, then movie. Yeah. The hard thing about fact-checking this movie is... It was a book first, but he like is the title author of the book, but he didn't actually write it. He sat down with like the real author for four eight hour interviews, and he says about that book, um, I believe that he did a great job of telling the story, but he also over dramatized and exaggerated some of the story. He always reminded me that he was not writing my biography. Mm, so it's like. Now we're another degree away from that. Yes. Also, he's famous for being a liar. Mm, So there are multiple layers. Can we trust the narrator? Exactly. Mm. I mean, he clearly did some of the stuff because he went to jail. I've spent a lot of time. But a good liar can get into jail if they need to tell a good story. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're saying go to jail for the story? Yeah. Okay. All I just really hope was true is the Kelly song where like he visits his wife's uh, family and they're sitting in front of the television. And they're like, K-E-L-L-Y, oh. <laughs> Kelly, something like that. That one made me go like this. Well, she's, isn't she sitting on her dad's lap too? Yes. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy that's Adams is sitting on that's Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen's lap. Yeah. And, like, you is want it, it true? Is, is that scene true? No, did they sing the Kelly song? <laughs> that family. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Brenda is two people. What? Like they merge oh. they merge two people together. Like, so he's been married twice or one was like a girlfriend and then a wife? They weren't married in the movie. I get I as they... a filmmaker why you turn two people into one. Yeah, there's a lot of like small stuff that... Because um, it's too hard to explain and introduce two characters. Like we're not... I agree. Yeah. So uh, let's give that the 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 change stance of approval. <laughs> stance. <laughs> I give it that. I give it that. Like, uh, you changed it, but I'm not mad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So Brenda was actually like. Did she really uh, have braces? A, I, I didn't find anything mm-hmm. about braces. Mm-hmm. He had a significant other that had a dad that was a lawyer, and then he also met someone in the hospital, but they were not the same person. Was the God. dad who's a lawyer a Lutheran? I don't know. That's my. Let's talk That's about the big that detail scene, you though. took. That I was, he was just a like, Lutheran? I, like Lutheran <laughs> was something that like I had. I like listen to me. I, I guess I took it. Here I am talking about <laughs> it. Like listen. Like the fact that he lied about being a Lutheran. He said he was a Lutheran. I was like, Mm-mm. you're not a Lutheran. Can we talk about that scene? Because that's my favorite scene. Which one? When they're at that, the dinner table? Uh, yeah, at Grace. Um, oh, so, yeah. Oh, well, before we talk about that, we have to talk about... Oh, the Christopher Walken speech. Yes. Where his dad is, like... Nowhere was Frank Abigail Sr. anything like Christopher Walken. Like, that was just Christopher right. Walken. I also have to imagine that Christopher Walken had some lines, like, especially written for him. Because he says the most ridiculous things. Two little mouse fall into a bucket <laughs> of cream. Is he in hairspray? Yes. yes. Am I having a hard time visualizing him in anything but hairspray? And also, them being in that little apartment dancing around, very hairspray to me. 
Okay. I get yeah. that the okay. wife is like they looks different because it's not John Travolta, <laughs> but very hairspray. Okay, yeah. Some <laughs> some things Christopher Walken said. Uh, you, you know what? You know why the Yankees always win? No, no you can do a better Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> True. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know <laughs> why the Yankees <laughs> always win. Uh, people are always staring at the pinstripes. No, no, commit to it. He doesn't say it that That's aggressively just, the whole time. The mouth one. Then he says when his, him and his wife are separating, yeah. they're talking about her getting a new job. And he's like, what's she going to be? A shoe salesman at a centipede farm? <laughs> Yeah, I, get, I didn't get 99% of the things he said. <laughs> I felt that I should have, so I asked around the room. My roommate was there, and I, I specifically didn't get the pinstripe thing until like the 45th time it happened. <laughs> um, and there's one part where he just says, pow to the moon. <laughs> that's a nowhere. good line. <laughs> and, that's uh, that's, that's a good excellent. line. I, I, I would say that. And when they go to the fancy restaurant, he addresses him as, my son, the bird man. My son, the bird man. Some uniform, Frank. What do you think? What is the bird man and who, what do they do? Because maybe I'll get it then. I think that was just like it was flying with like, like pilots. Oh, I get it now. Frank in the papers in like the 60s was called the Skyway Man because they didn't know his identity when the cops were searching for him. Wait, I have a question he- and it's really dumb, mm-hmm. but I'm the big dummy. So this is actually very cool of me. <laughs> um... I want to confirm that he never actually flew a plane. That was my question. Did he ever fly? Correct. Okay. He, never- he just went on different airlines as like a, what do they call him? Like a, you're, my, you're my deadhead. Yes. Yeah. The pilot that's going to the other place to then fly a yeah, plane there. Yeah, you're my deadhead. So he was only deadheading. Right. So he did impersonate a Pan Am pilot, but he only deadheaded and he, he said he was a co-pilot. And Pan Am um, estimates that he was on 250 flights. Oh my God! Uh, it was so over good. one million miles, and to 26 countries. The caveat that they say is he never flew Pan Am, which is right. also true because he was always on like other people's. Because uh, they would have known who he was, or like that he wasn't who That's he was. Right? Crazy. They might see his ID badge was different, mm-hmm. or they might be like, "Oh, I'm based in San Francisco, flying Pan Am, and I don't know you. Like, what's up with that?" But every, all the pilots were very friendly to each other, I guess, because they hadn't unionized yet, is something that he says. I spent a lot of time with Frank Abagnale over the past couple of weeks. And, I wish I had that Like on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. See, I gave him a look that said, in person? <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. wish I had that confidence. I don't, think that, I don't think I could get past one flight, like, doing that. The pilot thing was kind of the whole thing, because he... So he started that to get his checks passed. Uh-huh. That's how he got like income. That was the most effective one because it was so easy. Yeah, and he could go everywhere and every single stand. This is, I think, the best. One of the two best the things best that thing. I that I uncovered that was true that wasn't put in the movie. Um, he has the story about going to every desk of every different airline, and they all like everyone catches. Uh, airline checks so when he needs money he spends like an entire eight hours going through all of the different uh, like counters of all of the different airlines and then once he's done 
there's a new person on the ship so he, he can just go goes back, back to the, the beginning. other way yeah that's kooky of course when i found that out i'd go out to jfk or lax only i'd go to everybody northeast national klm air france it would take me a good eight hours stopping in every counter in every building by the time I got around the other end of the airport, at least eight hours had gone by. And what do you have in eight hours? Shift change, new people. So I go all the way back around the other way. The other, the other thing that I think could have been was like interesting enough to be in the movie was when he was getting started forging checks. Um, he took a bunch of deposit slips and like magnetically altered the the numbers to say his account number and then just put the deposit slips back and so everyone who went to the bank that day like deposited (laughs) into his bank account that's that i think is good and they should have included if that's true that's epic yeah i mean that's crazy as far as me verifying facts like that's that's one of the true ones the the things that i learned from the book I like took with a, a big grain of salt, but then things that I I heard from him interviews, yeah. um, and yeah, in interviews and speeches like later on after he had admitted that both of them were fabricated, I was like, those are the more true things. So then, as a doctor, did he perform any surgeries? No, he didn't. He was only actually a doctor for like ten days. But was the chief of medicine? Did or chief he of meet a chick there who he married? He never house. marries Brenda. Okay, but he engaged her. Right. So remember how Brenda is two people? Right. Um, he met someone as it when he was a doctor. And then he met Brenda, whose dad was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And those were two separates. He didn't. Different times. Right. He didn't come to her and be like, let's get engaged. She was more like coming to him and like proposing that idea. Right, but they never. They, I don't think they ever got to the point of getting engaged. Mm-hmm. Okay, on the topic of Amy Adams and as Brenda, um, IMDb trivia page, who knows how true it is, but I will take it full, I'll believe it all. Um, It said that to get the sloppy kiss, Steven Spielberg told her to Mm. pretend she was starving to death and was eating a cheeseburger. No. (laughs) Wait, wait. Okay. Step one, when was the sloppy kiss? Oh, oh on the, the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated it. And I didn't he like said, it. pretend you are starving to death and he is a cheeseburger. <laughs> and she was like, yes, I know exactly what to do. That is sexy. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's crazy. Yeah. It's also crazy that like sometimes I just think about like we have all these celebrities in our brains and then how many of them have made out with each other? Just like, like, like how many are Eskimo? Yeah, because they sisters. all like how many have had to pretend another was a cheeseburger? Like, I, it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, just crazy. And I love it. And I love it. That's I'm a better just, let's game than six degrees of Kevin Bacon is yeah. like six degrees of sloppy cheeseburger. Yes. <laughs> we go Amy Adams to Leo, Leo and Kate, Leo kissed. Kate, well, earlier in the movie, he kisses, uh, Jennifer Garner? Sure, yeah, oh Jennifer Garner. Oh my god, Garner. yeah, Jennifer we, Garner we to, in quick with the whatever. I don't even know. I was just like, I know her. That was the whole thing. <laughs> and Elizabeth Banks. He is quite the... And Elizabeth Banks, um, who she play? Oh, uh, the one at the bank. And Ellen Pompeo. Who was... Um, Grey's Anatomy, Ellen Oh, Pompeo. yeah. Anatomy. Which one was she? That was such a... 
She was she the was first the one. Flight attendant. She was the flight attendant. Then he like dangles. Oh the, yeah. They have sex in the bathroom. Around. I missed the. I also missed the necklace trick. I, I missed like. Or is he bringing a necklace around? Yeah, that's the thing yeah. he learned from Christopher Walken or I his know, father. But like, I could, at first when his father did it, I thought his father was doing like a sleight of hand trick where he like steals a necklace off of somebody's neck and then like it offers is a it to confusing. them. But then later I was like, no, he's just carrying a necklace and these women are excited that they the think they're getting I'm a necklace. But the thing I'm confused about is, doesn't he give the necklace to like Elizabeth Banks or Alan Pompeo? And then he has another one later for like Elizabeth Banks. Like, well, does maybe he, he have just multiple? Like, always he has, has them? many. Or maybe. Is that true? No, no, no. The necklace is, thing is completely false. Also, also like Ugh. Frank Sr. All right, we're going to get to the bummers now. All right, Frank Sr. is a big one, and I can discuss. Frank Sr. is a big one. Mm. Frank Sr. was, like, a, a very, like, straight shooter type of guy. Like, did not teach his son how to con. Not only uh, that. He gets his a glam son, up. His, <laughs> his son's first. Yes. I mean, Frank's first con was, like, just stealing from his dad. He takes his dad's credit card. And go like that he's supposed to use for gas to like go to work and pretends to buy like tires and different things that you can buy at like a gas station. And then instead of them giving the people, the people who work there giving him a tire, they give him money and then keep some of the money. So it's like a con on his dad and it racked up like three thousand dollars. That's okay. So like I can give reason why. Frank's dad is gets a glam up in this movie than in real okay. life. Let me Why? just touch upon real quick. Okay. The big bummer of Frank's dad. Oh, it gets even worse. Is, <laughs> I'm no, like the, upset. The, the big bummer is that Frank never saw him again after he ran away. Okay. So was his mom actually French? His mom was French. Okay. And he did she, he actually get caught in her French city? Um, He got He got caught in france i'm not sure if it was in that was very poetic like mount you know Le- richard or mount richard sorry i said it in a <laughs> in a messed up way <laughs> shop, shop. anyway so christopher walken's character in in real life would have never come back after frank ran away or did like any of the cons yeah well. so i think that that i have thoughts about and i'm going to talk about them right now it was such a big part of the movie, their relationship, that it feels like I'm not like mad that they're that they if they didn't have one. I'm just like I didn't as a as a watcher, I wasn't like, yes, like this is what's pulling me through this movie. So the fact that they made it up, I'm kind of like, well, you want to know why, though? <gasps> you guys like, know? Yeah. You guys know why they made it up? So Steven Spielberg. <gasps> He, like, when he was a a young boy, his parents got divorced, and he blamed his father. Oh, my God. And so, like, his beginning movies, like, E.T. and Indiana Jones, like, they have a very strong mom. Like, E.T., like, it's just a single mom Mm -hmm. that runs the family. Mm -hmm. It's an absent father, because Steven Spielberg hated his father. Mm -hmm. But then later in life, he found out that the reason his parents Mm -hmm. got divorced was because his mom cheated on his dad and his dad hit it and that's why his dad like kind of ran away and he, like more recently he now has a better relationship for his father with his father so Steven Spielberg's like second half of his career like his newer movies all have stronger dad relationships like Catch If You Can and Lincoln and others like are, wow. are more pertinent father son relationships okay I have another thought 
Go for it. Go ahead. I really support Steven. Really? I bet he I bet he felt like like he's the artist. He is entitled. Sure. But Frank's <laughs> but Frank's mom no no, but Frank's mom, because of that, gets portrayed as someone who like cheated on on her husband and she didn't get Which the, is his Steven's story. The, the marriage okay, so she didn't do any of that. No, she doesn't get married till twenty years later and never has like another kid. So that's a little fact. So check. that's no, it's no. unfair to Mademoiselle Abignale. <laughs> Abignale. Thank <laughs> you. Unfair to Mademoiselle Abignale. But she's probably fine. And like Steven's got he like he made a movie and I'm proud of him. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like that Steven made a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um I I'm kind of okay with it. But you guys don't have to be. I like, if I didn't have a reason for it, I'd be like, it's lazy, like a daddy, mommy problems thing that's lazy. But I think that like understanding the artist is often so critical to understanding the art. I think I'm okay with it because it leads to like a Christopher Walken dad, which is so like, if it wasn't Christopher Walken as the dad, someone else, then it wouldn't have been, then I would have been like, oh, the mom, it should have been like, if it was like a stronger mom, like that's why I'm okay with it. Cause like I liked the character, but like it does suck that like his real mom, like if she were to see this movie, it would be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Can I, can I bring up one thing? Because yeah. a friend of ours brought it up. Mm. Can we talk about how women were portrayed in this movie? Negatively <laughs> and without respect <laughs> and yeah. with small pea sized brains <laughs> that are easily distracted and easily deceived and deceived and by like I, lust as well. It was basically what I came away with about women was that the whole analogy for the baseball players and the pinstripes is just like <laughs> like women are distracted by compliments the same way yeah. that all of their yeah. teams are distracted by the pinstripes on the uniforms. It is true. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Steven it's not true. Spielberg hates women. Is that true? No. no. Oh, okay. Um, it's fine. I am like literally susceptible. I know nothing about Steven um, except that he's Jewish. Yeah, I wanted to hear what you thought, like as seeing seeing it for the first time now, because yeah. this this friend and I thank her for it brought up something that like I had never thought about before because of my male privilege. Um, I had never thought about this movie in that lens, and they like all of the women characters like are totally re- revolving mm-hmm. around the men. And the thing that I like bugged me watching it this time when I was looking through that, that lens is m- when Martin Sheen's talking to um, Leonardo and he's like, we're all romantics. And there's this like theme about like him and Frank Abagnale and Frank Abagnale senior are like all such big romantics, but like Frank is clearly treating women in like right. a horrible, horrible way. Well, like to a certain extent, I kind of give a lot of time to these like time, time pieces is that a thing when a movie is like in an older time like i give some leeway to these films that like are trying to portray how women were treated in another time and so that like the martin sheen line like any of the like domesticity stuff i kind of forgive Mm -hmm. but what is a little bit less forgivable is like that like i i think that like it's obviously a little bit of a different time now than when this movie first came out but like 
it's like is there one strong female character and i'm obviously not saying like this movie very clearly does not pass the no the what's it called <laughs> is test? there one the Bechdel test. Is there like, one strong female character? The answer to that would be no. Who is the strongest female character? Maybe the mom. The mom, if it was yeah, a true she was story, like, though. Not really. Yeah, she, she was like, I'm out here. She's See betraying us back because she immediately then cheats and right. goes with the Yeah, she's like the strongest I guess uh, Jennifer Garner is the prostitute. <laughs> was she but a she, oh, Yeah, she's, she's a, prostitute. a prostitute. Well, that but was... I, gets, yeah. I mean... There's no strong female characters. Yeah, because she even gets conned, and I was mad about that. And that, according to the book, <gasps> is, is true. true. That she was so this, annoying. This process, but also makes sense. But also, it's not well, we were talking before we even like decided upon this episode about like unnecessary sex scenes. And when I watching this, when I watched this movie, I was like, oh my god, this is one of the biggest ones, and apparently it's like a true thing and apparently i'm gonna look over to our hollywood liaison apparently leo like that this wasn't in the original script and leo vouched for it that it i do like, not and know and also it has to be jennifer garner idk that i don't know i only know sloppy cheeseburger kiss and that's it about the sex scenes um yeah uh speaking of Women, uh, <laughs> continue. As women liaison. <laughs> the uh, so Frank describes women as his only vice in that period, which is not only gross but ridiculous. Because if you are living this life, everything you do is a vice. He's like, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink. It's my only vice. It's like you conned millions yeah. of dollars from people. Just, I'm upset about that. I don't know. Maybe it's the idea. Maybe it's the idea of like women as a vice. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's part of it. Um, I don't know. Okay, switching topics. Mm -hmm. Do you consider this a Christmas movie? Wait. Yes. Would you put this in uh, free forms? Twenty five days of Christmas. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because I kept bringing up Christmas, and as a non Christmas celebrator, I noticed these things because I'm like, damn, they're trying to capitalize off that Christmas spirit. I was gonna, I was gonna ask Corey about this because I, I found nothing about Christmas in my if it was true or not. No, no, just like, is there anything from Hollywood that you can? point to no i feel like it just makes it like it's an easy day to remember it's, it emphasizes like christmas emphasizes the need for family and so that's that was the yeah, big thing about their thing. relationship is that they were both lone in like in the pit of it lonely and so christmas emphasizes that that's a good segue into someone that we have not talked about yet tommy tom hanks. tom hanks what's his name in the movie again our second big bummer he didn't he didn't exist. exist. No, no, no. He existed. The What's last line though? of the it movie. It was crazy. It was like... Um, Carl Hanratty. Bad name. But the That's end the of the montage name. says they're still friends. Oh, yeah. So right. he did exist. So he existed. Um, his real his name in the book was Sean O'Reilly. His real name was uh, Joseph Shea. That makes sense. And, it has to change for FBI reasons. Um, okay. I just want to say that if, if Hanratty was a distracting name. That's what about uh, his partner, Sandusky? Yeah, distracting this time. <laughs> then, listen, I, I, I did the math in my head. I was like, 2002. Wasn't, yeah, yeah, it was like not was a problem. But I, I, will, I will give a stamp of disapproval to the changing of the name specifically to Handwriting. I'm okay with I them th- changing the name. I think that's a direct stamp to Tom Hanks. I think he picked his name. 
I, really? Well, that doesn't mean that I'm happy with it. It was distracting. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying stamp of disapproval. Yeah, to th- he's gonna get that. I'll tell him when I see him. Um. So the second big bummer is that um they Scared. never talked or met before he got put in jail. It's not so surprising. Just, yeah, uh, Abigail. So no Christmas. The real yeah, the real Frank Abagnale says. Why would I call them? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, why would like why would he? You didn't call just to apologize, did you? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you, you, you have no one else to call. <laughs> but Joseph Shea was assigned solely to catching Frank Abagnale. He did have contact with him when he was in prison, and then he was his boss after he got out. Okay. Um. That's a that's my big bummer because the thing that does drive me through this movie, I obviously love the Christopher Walken like <laughs> hilarity, but the thing that has always driven me through this movie is Tom Hanks' relationship with with Frank, Carl and Frank's relationship, and like every time that music comes on. What was the music? Can you sing it for me? <laughs> Also, and this is might be a crazy take. This is what I think of when I think of Tom Hanks. This is my like Tom Hanks performance. Okay. Oh. And my Christopher Walken performance. I think that this would be a good moment for all of us to say what our Tom Hanks and Christopher Walken performances are. For me, it's going to be Forrest Gump and Hairspray. <laughs> it's the only other Christopher Walken movie you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, until this movie, it was the only Christopher Walken <laughs> movie I knew. Um. My Tom Hanks is, I want to say, Toy, does Toy Story count? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. then Toy Story. And Christopher Walken. I, I like gave you shade for not knowing Christopher Walken <laughs> movies, but I as well don't know many. If it's Hairspray, it's fine. It wasn't Hairspray. <laughs> Can I just say it's like S.A. Nelson's? <laughs> uh, yep, that works. Okay, his host. Yeah. Put it in the book. Um, yeah, I don't know. But do we like Tom Hanks' accent? Frank says it was pretty accurate. Frank really loves... I mean, Frank is a very complimentary guy to both the authors and everyone who made and acted in the movie. But he says he really got his accent and his mannerisms down. Cool. He's also in the movie. He does make a cameo. Yes. When? Oh, my God. In the French uh, arrest scene. He's like oh. the one who puts him in handcuffs. Oh, I'm happy for him that he got to do the handcuffs. Mm. That's always nice. Okay, now speaking of uh, Frank Abigail and the casting of Leo. Oh. He was not happy with it at first. He didn't think Leo was suave enough. Oh my goodness. I have something to say to counter that. I did do one piece of research, which was look up what Frank Abigail looked like. And he was not so cute. Oh, can we talk about how ugly they made Leo when he became like an FBI person? Yeah. Oh, the haircut. They made his hair like like, so flat and and like... And like blondish, it's so weird. Yeah, Frank is not a cutie. No, he's, I know, but then how dare he, Frank but the say thing that, is, that Leo wasn't suave enough? He's literally dating a nineteen-year-old. Okay, you now. obviously know Frank has the biggest ego ever because that's how he got through four jobs lying. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, other people judge the idea of Leo is because Frank Abagnale was known to have an older looking face. And that's how he got away with doing so much of this shit. Like when he was 17 years old, right. while Leo is classically known as having a baby face. And so that's what, like, even watching it, I was like, how is this believable? This kid's 18 and he looks 12. How is he getting away as the chief of medicine in a hospital? It was the same age. He was 18 when he was like that. But supposedly Frank Abagnale has an older looking. So was this like right after he filmed Titanic? Oh, this was in 2002. 2002. So it's like a couple years after Titanic. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about the next step this story has taken. It has gone from real life to story to movie to musical like, Broadway extravaganza. Was it really on Broadway or yeah. off Broadway? Broadway, it made baby. It all the way. It Hell yeah. Straight up Broadway. Who played? Wait, I don't know a single. <laughs> yeah, how are your Broadway actors? Um, can we try to think of a single thing from this movie or his real life that would make them think, oh, this will be a good Broadway musical? What, like, what could they bring into song? Let's think. Well, obviously the well, Kelly song. I don't think that made it. Um, You don't think it made it. Do you have? I mean, it's an interesting story, but like, do you have any like lyrics to a song off the top of your head? Maybe no, but I did listen to a good amount of the music, Mm -hmm. and they're the funniest thing for sure is that they turned butter into cream. Oh my god, into a song, (laughs) yeah, full song. I do like that as an idea, as like a quote that you hold on to for your whole life. Like if you're gonna hold on to one quote for your whole life, meh, it keeps you. It's like yeah, no, it's a good quote quote. and it has a nice message and it inspires again one of my favorite parts of the movie where. um, Corey, do you know the mom's Amy Adams' mom's actor name? The actress, not off. No. Hand. Okay. No. But I know her Bitch. face. Okay. Anyway, when she's like, that's beautiful. <laughs> you turn that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> turned that butter into cream. Oh, man. Oh, that was beautiful. The mouse, he turned that cream into butter. Yeah, they loved it. We're going to play a little of the musical. Oh, my God, I'm nervous. You can watch the entire musical on YouTube. Two little mice of great renown Fell in some milk and one proceeded to drown The other one's still the toast of the town Cause he made butter out of cream I get it now. I didn't get it, but I've seen like three Broadway shows in the last year. You've seen like a bunch more because you are a musical man. (laughs) <laughs> and this reminds me of another show I've seen. Which show is that? How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. No, I saw... It's exactly the same story. It's about lying to get the way to your top. I haven't seen that one. Okay, apologies <laughs> for cutting you off. <laughs> um, I saw Hamilton. Doesn't remind me of that one. Um, you just had yeah, a drop that you I saw. I saw Hamilton. Um, I saw Groundhog Day. Oh, Kind of yeah, reminds well, a movie, me a movie that did not get need to get made into a musical. <laughs> How was that, thinking. by the way? Oh, good question. Um, not based on a true story. No oh, way to confirm. <laughs> no way to <laughs> confirm. Um, I think it's interesting because I my relationship with Broadway is that I am like not ever interested in going to a show, but I cry every single time because I think that harmonies are beautiful and nothing else. So like, back really to that. catch me if you can. Quickly, the glam up. Mm-hmm. Going through the cast list, who got it? Now that we know some of the true story, now that we know some of the 
stuff. Like, who got it? Frank Abagnale Jr. Glammed yeah, up or not? 100%. Well, yes, glammed up. Uh, FBI agent Tom Hanks. Glammed. Oh, actually, I don't know. Well, no. Um, Is he hot in real life? Can we pull up a pic? I don't think so because he's can, an FBI we agent. We can pull up a pic of him uh, as a old as an older guy. But do you think like Tom Hanks, suave, cool, you, I, I glammed actually, up? I actually wanted to talk about uh, how, how I really like this Tom Hanks performance because I he's like getting duped the whole movie, but you still kind of think that like he's really smart and like you have an air of like yeah, you're not mad at him. You're like yeah, oh. you're like. Yeah. yeah. But, like, who are you guys rooting for? You root for both. Because you want them to be together. Yeah. They're two lonely entities that you want. They want to catch, but you want them to keep the, I have, the yeah, game I going seen on. This, I haven't seen this in so, like in so long without knowing the ending, so I just root for both of them. It's kind of like I a, didn't know the love, ending, except you'd know the ending at the very So who are you rooting for? You know? I think I was rooting for Mans. I'm sorry. I forgot his name. Frank Abagnale Jr. <laughs> I was rooting for him I think that to, to get away because like I remember with the when the whole wallet thing happened with so, the wallet. I was like, did that happen by the way? Oh, yeah. Um so I, I mean, mean not the specifics, but did like, he almost catch him? Why like were would they you in the ev- same hotel room and like Okay, so again, he did a again Joseph Shea was never the one like on the ground chasing him mm-hmm. makes sense um but he so he by accidentally uh wrote his real name on a check Abagnale. right that's the like bank- a huge gigantic accident yeah but he's forging so many checks that like at some point he's, he might make a mistake he's like a 17 16 to like 20 year old right he's um so he writes his real name on a check the bank sees that, calls it in to the FBI. Then he like somehow figures out he wrote his real name, calls the bank. They don't ask if he's part of the FBI. He goes down to the front desk and like pretends he's an FBI agent um, to check it all out and escapes the FBI quickly. Damn, he doesn't so have an actual slick. He doesn't have an actual showdown, but he does like evade. He the doesn't FBI have like a blind very... man who he uh, uses. Right. To... No. Right. Yeah, no, no. That part was fairly true according to the book. That's kooky. Damn, he was wild. Back to glam up. Frank <laughs> Abagnale Sr. Yes. Definitively. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because it's he all was about a deadbeat dad before. Now yeah, he's Christopher he's Walken. Your... Cool. No, 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 no. A glam up counts if you're just made interesting. I agree. You think glam up is I'm purely not, by looks? No, no, no. I'm just saying that he's not a deadbeat dad. Frank runs away. And yeah. Frank has this... Okay, so again, I've spent a lot of time with Frank. <laughs> Frank has this weird thing where at the end... Well, he has a great thing where at the end of all of his speeches, it seems like he has actually become a romantic now and is no longer bad to women. But it was like meeting my wife. That's like what got me through all this. And, like, got me from the place of being a criminal to being, like, a consultant and an FBI, like, someone who works for the FBI. Second thing he always says <laughs> is that he was very blessed to have, like, a daddy. Like, he says daddy? He yeah, uses so the D-A-D-D-Y? He always says A that. different type. He's like, he's, like, everyone has a father. But very few people can no. call that, have someone that a child can call daddy. No. He ends every speech with that. 
And so he really did love him. Um, He also really did fall down the stairs on the subway while Frank Jr. was in Paris. I wish you weren't telling me this while I'm still thinking of daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Now the world is full of fathers. But there are very few men worthy of being called daddy. It's really gross. He... To be, yeah, to be fair to Frank, he sounds very smart and he has a what seems like a very good memory and like is a good storyteller, even though he like goes so fast. I, okay, I have a question. As somebody who is literally obsessed with accusing people of being a psychopath, no, no to Frank Abagnale being a psychopath. Junior. Junior, sorry. No, he's very regretful. He like... I mean, but like you know how like a good psycho like psychopaths they're like charming they're this they're that like they can lie really well and he could lie better than anyone I've ever seen like have we ever seen him like be remorseful to like the point of tears like he says every night and this was obviously not covered in the movie he says that every night he was going home and crying himself to sleep till 19 like till 19 being like the years that he was being wild as hell some write and say you know you were brilliant. You were an absolute genius. I was neither. I was just a child. And while I know that there are people fascinated by what I did some 50 years ago as a teenage boy, I've always looked upon what I did as something that was immoral, illegal, unethical, and a burden I live with every day of my life and will until my death. Yeah, he didn't stop being mm-hmm. wild as but hell, he but he's, being, he, he, yeah. he says he got more mature, like... At, at 16 and 17, he was just, like, conning people with no there remorse. There is science to indicate that all 16-year-olds are psychopaths. Okay. Well, they, yeah. So may, <laughs> okay, do, maybe he I, was that, at Do not fact-check that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he was at 16 and 17, but he sh- shows remorse, and he says he always knew he would get caught. And um, he's just like now, now he's... Although he does definitely have a big ego, I, I think he like stands up for the right things. Mm-hmm. Not that psychopaths can't do that, but I, I don't. I don't think he. Okay. Just because, like, I, always looking out, you know. Speaking of the emotional arc of the character Frank Gabagno, mm-hmm. I think they do a really good job of justifying his switch from like this huge con man to working for the FBI they did a good job of setting up throughout the movie that like he would want to settle down and he would want to have a real life and then he gets so bored and I love I love that he gets so bored at work but like you can see why he would settle down so he currently is like a motivational speaker is he still working I know he's like a consultant he's a consultant he's he's not a motivational speaker he should be there's a lot of money in motivational speaking. He does a lot of speaking on on fraud, but but every um, speech that I listen to of him, he's like, he comes up and he's like, "I'm usually only speaking about fraud," <laughs> and then he ends it with, "I love you, Daddy." weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ending montage, the cherry on top of loosely based films. Oh. How did this one do? It oh. was it wasn't like flash image pause text it was a scrolly text yeah just text. which i hated well listen i don't mind that and we didn't get I'm photos of what they look like in real life because that's my favorite because then you really see like oh do the actors really look like that and right. maybe because they did such a freaking bad job casting based on looks maybe they did a great job in other ways 
they didn't want to <laughs> show us. My qualms with this is is I don't think you care at all about what they do after he's a con man and after like it's like so boring it's like yeah it's like oh he's just now he's consulting and he has a wife consulting is very boring to be what you do now but like almost like poetically boring you know like it's like it would be one thing if he like retired from this and then like went straight onto his motivational speaking gig you know then that would be like he's still bouncing around like having a time but he like really went to do the most boring thing possible like can you imagine anything more boring uh yeah i mean it's what he's like fraud specialist but your your title is just consultant you disagree Uh, no no i would i would not want to do that but like that is what he is gifted at right it's like He's given back to society. What he's taken is now, like, with fraud and lying and stealing from us, he's now giving back and being like, no, no, this is fraud. Get that. No, I get that. But you just don't think that, you just don't think that he would go, he would go do the most boring thing in the world. And I like it. I think it's poetic. <laughs> it's I'm redemption. Like, that, and that's where his, his ego, for real Frank's ego comes in, is that he's always talking about, like, how he's giving back and, like, how he's redeeming himself like he's he's just like pumping up his own his own like does he have children yeah he has three sons i believe how old are they i don't know one of them works for the fbi though so older interesting um do you think like older than like what else? like older <laughs> like no, no no meaning like older like oh they could have lived the life he already had when he mm-hmm. like was that age like isn't it weird to like think like oh your dad did this so much when he was like 17 18 and you're just going to like college (laughs) he has a story where he made his son at 10 years old read the whole book the book by the way was the book about him yeah the book by the way was (laughs) really daddy issues (laughs) (laughs) the book by the way was published in 1980 um wasn't wasn't made till 2002 obviously um anyway he he makes him read the entire book and then he's like don't talk to me like don't talk to me about it until you finish it and then doesn't really end that story he's just like that's just the thing i did like they understand it they understand who i am now he's got a weird <laughs> ego i guess a weird daddy yeah, thing yeah. that's what this movie's about daddy issues yeah, I think catch me if you daddy like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy issues has like like you don't even hear the word daddy when you say daddy issues because it's like its own thing. But then just daddy on its own is like squirm. <laughs> One other thing we have to talk about um, is the biggest boldface lie of the whole gosh dang movie. Oh, you saved it for last. Does anyone have a guess? Can we get like a hint? No, wait. He... I want to I want to guess, but I need to think for a minute. Um. He's a hottie. That's the biggest mm, lie. Frank okay. Agnew Jr., Jr. not okay, a real a hottie. Give us a clue because we're really having trouble. Um, it's towards the end of the movie. Oh, he doesn't. Well, you said like his wife, his mom didn't remarry and have kids. So like the my like least favorite scene is when he goes to his <laughs> childhood home <laughs> and watches him through the window. <laughs> this is scene. a movie I remember watching it's as a, a kid scene. and then being terrified that someone was like always watching in my window. Yeah, like, why didn't she know? Of my house. Could, could that... 
child yes. see him? Yes. No one was ghosts. They looked at each other and just silently accepted that they were half siblings. <laughs> and that Is was that it. What you, oh, it's so weird. Is yeah. that what you do as a child when you see a man outside of your... No, but I will say, I, like, because I was the age of that child when I saw... Well, probably a little older. Like, I, like, looked out my window a lot. Like, the front window a lot. Being like, where's my Frank Abagnale Jr.? <laughs> your half-brother. Yeah. My little older Leo. Okay, it's wait. So this okay. wasn't that. That wasn't that. So I'm just going to say it. The biggest bold-faced lie of the movie is, um, which was also reportedly true in the book, <laughs> is that he escaped the plane. Oh, through the toilet. Through the toilet. Oh. Super not possible. I, a bunch yeah, of air- <laughs> he did do that. <laughs> yeah, he, he, screw- he somehow screws the, the toilet loose and, like... I don't know. Flushes himself down. Right, I'm glad but, that's not true. Wait, when when did that happen in the movie? Like they're, they they're, they're coming, coming back, back from, from Paris. Paris. Oh, and they're he right. like is just like I so mad that his dad. It's died. his one last little like getaway before he's like caught. Yeah. So the pilots who are like commenting on these message boards or like the plane engineers or whatever are like, even if you took the toilet apart, there's an a hundred pound tank underneath it. And if you get like if you lift that up, you'd have to have like you'd have to go through like a four inch in diameter pipe <laughs> to get to the other like the other the, compartment, the which, is, which is like differently pressurized. How much better would the film have been is when you because you see him running on the tarmac like while they're still on the plane, and if he was just covered in shit, yeah, yeah just it like, would also like be Shawshank super... Redemption. He's running and Missed like totally. You can call that a, a <laughs> opportunity stamp. It would also be super messy with that tank full of shit and then that's from there is oh, where he very... goes to visit his childhood like his wife's new home <laughs> and then the little girl's <laughs> just looking out and it's just a shit covered Leo DiCaprio and she's like don't tell <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our message from our sponsors. <laughs> they have paid a lot of money. All right. Let's do a little li- lightning round. Go. Frank had three siblings. <gasps> no. Oh, that's so crucial that he's an o- older or younger. Um, I think he was the middle, like <gasps> in the middle. Of course. He was so ignored. He needed so much extra. Oh, some something that I was like... Is this possible? Remember when he like gets a choice of who has custody of him? Yeah, and then he runs away and starts his life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and leads to the was, entire movie. <laughs> maybe this is a little privilege of mine. But I think that's possible. I think you can give the kid the choice. Yeah, he got the choice. He went to the courthouse, got the choice, and then ran away from the courthouse. In real life? Yeah, in real life. Oh, cool. That's, that, that's comforting because... Wait, like what did his thing. siblings do? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> he didn't write much about them. I don't know. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's cookie banana. Um, I will say that I, like, could I you do ima- not... Now that I'm thinking like back... Sorry to cut you off, but the Christmas movie aspect of this. This family's meeting every Christmas and they're like, where's Frank Abagnale Jr.? Because that's how they would refer to him. And like, <laughs> oh, he's flying a plane. And like, what? He's seven, He's 16 years old. Do well, they, they know? They well, obviously, they didn't they, know what was going on. I don't know if they knew. He there was, was no technology everybody. then. I got it. Never mind. No social media. It's well, I will just this. say that I think that this sibling should have been included. That's my take. You're welcome. 
Okay. All right, next thing. Um, this was just a question that I had. Were pilots like celebrities back yes. then? Yes, Pan Am, like that truly, how Pan Am is shown, and this is how Pan Am was. Like it was just people so cool ask, to like People fly. ask for autographs? I, I do remember exact- as a baby kid, like being let in a cockpit and getting a pin and being like, am I now a celebrity? <laughs> So I feel like if I thought I was a celebrity, I must have thought that a pilot was a celebrity. But like, yeah, Pan Am was this like glory, like because flying was this like new thing kind of thing that really only like wealthier people could do at first. But yeah, and then like obviously yeah. more middle class, but truly, no, they were considered. And Frank celebrity. did like gather up like eight women or whatever. Did he really? Yeah, it was not to protect from the police, but he like did a little program around like colleges or whatever. Um, Damn, he was out here. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had a fourth career, which was as school a school teacher. Yes. <laughs> wow. That well, was wait, one of my he questions. Did do, he, they did show right. him as like a teacher, like when he was in high school, right. he pretended to be the French teacher. That is not true. But is that a nod then to his school teacher? It life? might be. But he was a yes. He he was a sociology professor at Brigham Young University. Okay, wait. I was <laughs> thinking, first of all, what the craziest thing about him is that he put himself at the top of every career. He didn't fake as being a dumb dumb in it. He didn't try to he didn't fake as being like a a regular Joe, like a postal worker. He faked as being the best of the best, which you would think is the hardest of the hard. The ego of an ugly white man. <gasps> A woman would never do this. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the t- the kind of the top co-pilot. Um, he did work at the like attorney general of. Georgia, which is like a, a very high up, yeah. That that's like a prestigious place to work, but like he wasn't working as like the head there. This shows you how freaking far you can get if you've got literally any amount of charm. Uh, <laughs> Harder if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's he's a sociology professor for Brigham Young, and what he did was he would just read the chapter. Like the earlier chapter, isn't that what all professors do? Yeah, it is. It's actually or at least really all easy to be a professor. High school teachers no, do. I so, swear did to God. he was he even an imposter in that case? <gasps> Were all professors imposters? <laughs> yes. Yes, that is what loosely bases about. <laughs> and we are calling for a revolution <laughs> on the higher education system. Do you have a list of you're the names, the us. fake names he used? I do not. Did he use Frank there was a lot with of all Frank. of them? There was, Frank, there was yeah. like Frank like Williams. It just makes it easier for his. Because then he, if somebody calls Frank, he turns his head. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Williams was one. I don't remember the others. Cool. All right. To close this out, do we all do our best Christopher Walken impression saying, two mice fall into a bucket of butter? Two mice. Bucket of cream. <laughs> oh, is it cream? Yes, and we do. And then we also have a special guest to Yeah, yeah everyone out. goes. Okay. Ben, I'll, start I off. I go first because I think mine is the worst. Okay, Dana, give us. Okay. <laughs> Two, mi- <laughs> 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 Two little mice. <laughs> okay, is it little? Oh, wow. Okay. Roll back, it is little. Two little, <laughs> Two little mice fall into a bucket of cream. And one mouse. You don't need to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, pretty good. And one mouse drowns. Okay, okay. Oh, it's so short. And the other mouse paddles, and then he turns into butter, and he lives. 
pretty Thank good, you. pretty good. <laughs> Tell us who you who uh, who your favorite yeah, walk-in your favorite. impression and is. Consider the fact that I'm a woman, so it's harder for me. True. It's it is. Okay, ready. <laughs> Too little. Fuck. That was bad. <laughs> no, 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 I have it. You have three. Th- if you don't do it on the third try, I did it on my third try. So okay. You got three tries. Um, I just got a picture of how he says like cowbell and that's how I oh, get it. Oh, there's a cowbell? No, no, no. That's like the oh. only Christopher Walken thing. <laughs> I too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One more chance. No. Putting it on the spot is hard. Um, Too little. M- <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you're all right, so vote for that. If you, if you vote no! Corey. Do a little nice. <laughs> okay, Ugh. Ben, you have three tries, but we really should just try to get it on the first. Two mice. <laughs> <laughs> Fell in a bucket of cream. The first swam till he drowned. The second swam, swam to a, so hard. He churned that cream into butter. Today, I am that second mouse. Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay, now we have our special guest. He's actually an executive producer of the show, um, Jacob Greenberg. Hi. <laughs> I want to do who I think would play me in a movie. This is Jacob, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who my love interest would be. I think that um, I would probably be played by Yodeling Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I think that that probably fits <laughs> he my has a name. persona. I think it's Mason. <laughs> Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann! Um, no, Yodeling Boy would be who I am. And then I would, my love interest would be the little girl from Florida Project. Because she is, yeah, she's fucking adorable. Um, and they're both kids. Because so I couldn't do like an adult and a kid. Right? Just <laughs> go right into it. Toe. <laughs> Oh, little. <laughs> I say we leave it off as the two. I think you nailed it there. Wow. Excellent oh. work. Excellent work. Thank you Better so much. Better than me. And the thing is, I will now lay in bed for the next hour just doing it and probably nailing it. <laughs> you can get that. For, we're going to have a page with like our extra content, which you'll find like later once we have more money. And you can find our full it. complete. Oh, Jacob already made it. Um, you can find our full complete uh, Christopher Walken impressions there, as long as you donate to our Patreon page. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, just remember, um, stay loosely based, everybody. Stay loosely based. Watch a good movie this week, and this was our first episode, so be nice. <laughs> Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he churned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. The theme music for this episode was made by Danny Keller. We are produced by Jacob Greenberg and Sam Kahn. Special thanks to Sam Lachow and a huge special thanks to Donald Whalen, who is the host of another podcast called We Are Rhonda. Check it out. If you enjoy Loosely Based, remember to rate and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. If you would like to advertise anything at all, suggest a movie, or just say hey, message one of the hosts or send an email to looselybasedpod at gmail.com. 
We'll be back next week talking about Almost Famous. Thanks for listening, and see you then. 